We all have that friend who wakes up early to go get everyone McDonald's breakfast while the rest of us sleep in. This is your sign to thank them. And if you're that friend, this is us saying thank you. Now get a sausage McMuffin, sausage biscuit, sausage burrito, or hash browns. Choose two for $2.50. Enjoy a large iced coffee for just $2. Price of participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price. The we're going family style deal. Because I want a bite of your Big Mac. And I need some of your Quarter Pounds. I'll try your filet of fish. There's a deal for every friend group at McDonald's. Order any two classics for just six bucks. Price of participation may vary. Single item at regular price cannot be combined with any other offer. The Exxon Radio and TV show is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio and TV show or in any manner endorsed by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, Talkstar Radio Network, its affiliated stations, or employees. Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. Tom was a man with dreams And Ernie came along and I wrote the songs About a creature that few's ever seen Monsters, myths, and mysteries Legend, tales, and facts It brought us all together And it's a reason for the fact Up in North California Welcome back to the Exxon. My name is Rob McConnell. We're coming to you live and around the world on the Talkstar Radio Network, Exxon TV, and on Shortwave, and our family of broadcast affiliates across Canada, the United States, Central America, the Caribbean, South America, the Pacific Rim, and now in 20 Asian countries. Our toll-free number is one 528 That's toll-free throughout the U.S., Canada, Alaska, and Hawaii. My email address is xzone at talkstarradio.com. On MSN Messenger, you can chat with me here in our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada by just typing in this address, talkstarradio at hotmail.com. And our two websites, www.xzoneradio.com and www.xzonetv.com. Henry May is with us. He is with the American Bigfoot Society. And Henry, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? Oh, just fine, Rob. A little bit wet. Uh, we've had some thunderstorms around here tonight. Uh, Hit some areas around us pretty hard. Uh, fortunately, it didn't hit us too hard. But uh, you know, even even in November, you know, the weather can get pretty severe down here. It's that time of the year, isn't it? Oh yeah. Henry, are there any new developments in Bigfoot sightings across the U.S. that uh, have come to your attention? Well, there is an interesting story which has come up, uh, which has hit all the uh, the news services and things like that. Uh, regarding some activity down in Florida, which mm-hmm. may not necessarily be Sasquatch-related. Is that the orangutan story? Yes. Yeah. The one, some believe animal is an orangutan, yes. 
Now, can you let our listeners know about that? Well, apparently a group of uh, some kind of apes were seen in this town, near this town, Glen St. Mary, Florida. Um, they, one of the, one of the, uh, one of the residents, Eric Lawson, comments, uh, there is kind of that, I've seen a Bigfoot type feel, a feel to it. They said it made a nest in that tree, so it's probably somewhere here in the area. Some believe the mysterious animal is an orangutan. One local family had found what looked to be an orange ape up high in a tree. The Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission investigator who answered the original complaint call on the orange ape said there was definitely something up in the top of the tree, but he really couldn't be sure what it was. He said he took a pack of jelly donuts and left it at the bottom of the tree, helping to lure the creature to the ground. He said he hasn't heard anything since. Next morning, the people came out, and it was it was gone, Lawson said. If the mysterious animal was an ape, where did it come from? Mm-hmm. State officials said no one in Baker County is licensed to own an orangutan. Well, now we know Florida does have populations of feral apes, you know, apes that may have escaped from wildlife preserves or from zoos or things mm-hmm. like that. So, um, you know... I'm, I'm not saying this is a Sasquatch story. You know, it doesn't seem like it because there are populations of feral apes and feral monkeys in Florida. Now, um, besides that one story, anything else in the news that that you found really interesting? Well, there is one story which regards um, a TV show that was on last week. Um, mm-hmm. Dr. Jeff Meldrum was part of that. Um, he said he was running a couple of days behind. He, he was talking. He, he's discussing the uh, the DNA. Apparently, he had commented at the recent Texas Bigfoot conference that there would be no more DNA done on those um, on those uh, DNA or those those hair and skin and tissue samples that were collected from a, uh, a screw board, which had been left out for like two years. So pretty much the uh, the DNA, anything that would be extracted from it, would be too old now. Um, a fellow named Todd Disatel at New York University um, was the, one of the ones who examined the DNA, and they said that it was largely human except for one mere 300 nucleotide sequence. It, it, it says here, bear in mind that the result is based on a mere 300 nucleotide sequence, and one nucleotide matched chimpanzee. So, and, and we know there's no chimps in Canada. <laughs> Except in Ottawa. <laughs> At our Capitol building, that is. Uh-huh. Stand by, buddy. You and I have to take a commercial break. When we come back, uh, more with uh, Henry May from the American Bigfoot Society, www.americanbigfootsociety.com. one 528 is toll-free. If you've got a question, if you'd like to speak to Henry, the lines are open at one 528 We'd love to hear your Bigfoot stories. We'll be back after this two-minute break. Don't go away. No one's found before Driving to turn Welcome back to the Exxon. Henry May is our special guest. Henry, we've got a clip of, uh, of, the, uh, of the news report of that uh, Florida setting, and uh, let's just roll that. Whoops. Can't roll that right now. Now let's try it. Downtown Glen St. Mary has all you'd expect from a small North Florida town. One traffic signal, one gas station, and one big mystery. There is kind of that, I've seen a Bigfoot type of feel to it. Screeches in the night, a creature in the trees, stories of sightings, 
echo on every corner. Eric Lawson's heard them. They said they've made a nest in that tree, so it's probably somewhere here in the area. What's got Glen St. Mary howling? A monkey. Well, actually, an ape, specifically an orangutan. A handful of folks say they've heard the call of an escaped ape. One family even found the grand prize, what looked to be an orange ape nesting high in a tree. I talked to the fish and wildlife officer on the phone who actually answered the call. He said there was definitely something up in the top of the tree, but he couldn't really be sure what it was. So he took a pack of donuts and left it right at the bottom of the tree. He hasn't heard anything since. Well, orangutans really love fruit, so hungry for answers, we went to Ed, who hears all the gossip from his produce stand. But Ed had boarded up and beat it out of town. I think I know why he decided to split. The mystery creature did the same. The next morning, the people came out, and it was, it was gone. In the end, the evidence of any, here it comes, monkey business is still up in the air. And that's the uh, Florida what they're calling the Florida ape story now, which many believe to be an orangutan. Henry May is with us from the American Bigfoot Society. Henry, um, you were on with us last week, last Thursday night. We had Cal Korf on. And uh, I understand that, that, that you're working on setting up a, a group of questions that Bob Hieronymus, the man who claims to have been in the Bigfoot uh, costume, if in fact he was even there, and if in fact it was even a costume, uh, how is that going, Henry? Because it seems that, you know, for the last year, I, I you know, we, we've been hearing things about Bob Gimlin, uh, this, that, and the other thing, and nothing, nothing has happened to date. Well, right. Well, I, I'm working with uh, Cal on this, on the list of questions, also with another researcher named Roger Knight, mm-hmm. who is from the Seattle area. Um, and <clears throat> we're just, we're trying to cooperate, you know, with each other, and we may do. We may agree, disagree. And, you know, I, I may, you know, believe, and, and I really don't like to talk about the Patterson Gimlin movie. I would rather, you know, we put it in the vault for yeah. another forty years or so. But um, I mean, as, as I have said on this program before, whatever the truth of that film, you know, there is still a mystery to solve out there. Right. You know, it doesn't matter if that's the guy in his suit or if, or if that's the real deal. You know, it's been forty years. I mean, why, why can't we just drop it, let it go, and move on? All right, so you know, I was just basically wondering if if the if the wheel had started to be put into motion to finally try and get to the bottom of, of this, you know, because like you say, I agree with you, it should just be put in a vault, locked, and let's go on with things. Right, exactly. Well, last I heard, you know, I don't I, I don't think I've heard from Cal in about a week or so, but um, he he's got other things on his plate right now. He's got you know terrorism mm-hmm. and things like that. You know, to, to deal with, and I, I can understand that. And I'm sure once he gets um, once he gets things resolved and gets the ball rolling, you know, then things will, you know, perhaps we'll get together, you know, on it. You know, Henry, where would you see, or what direction would you like to see a Bigfoot uh, research going? Well, I would like to see it go in a more what I, I would like to see more forensics mm-hmm. applied to uh, pieces of evidence. Um, I, I mentioned earlier the uh, the evidence, the supposed DNA evidence that was left out for like two years right. on a screw board. You know, what they should have done, they should have kept it indoors, out of the elements, 
you know, that way we would have actually had an absolute determination for sure of what exactly what you know what left the DNA on this screwboard, you know. And that that actually happened in your backyard, Rob, about 250 miles uh, north of Ottawa. That was up in uh, near Snell Grove Lake. Now tell me, was this screwboard deliberately left out in order to acquire DNA? It was actually left out to deter um, intruders, and basically things have been happening at this cabin where something had been vandalizing it, and something even broke into the cabin and uh, just completely tore it up, and there was video footage taken of it, and it was shown to a bear expert named Lynn Rogers, Mm -hmm. who said to him it didn't look like a bear, because at that time of the year when it happened, bears were in hybrid. We all have that friend who wakes up early to go get everyone McDonald's breakfast while the rest of us sleep in. This is your sign to thank them. And if you're that friend, this is us saying thank you. Now get a sausage McMuffin, sausage biscuit, sausage burrito, or hash browns. Choose two for $2.50. Enjoy a large iced coffee for just $2. Price of participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Could family genetics be a reason that no matter what we try, we still can't lose the fat and inches from our problem areas? To learn more, we spoke to Dr. Brian Strand from Sonobello. While some people can eat everything and stay thin, others diet and exercise daily and still pack on fat and inches to their problem areas. It's not your fault. It can be genetics. If you struggle to lose the fat from your tummy, love handles, thighs, and back, you're likely battling your family genetics. The good news is we have an answer. Sonabello uses a remarkable technique called microlaser fat removal. In one comfortable visit, the fat in your hardest places to lose is gone permanently. Stop wrestling with your family genes and lose the fat permanently. And right now, you can save $250. The results are life-changing. Do this for you. Don't wait. Visit sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. So. So one on one equals Sasquatch or Bigfoot. I'm sorry? I said, so if it's not a bear, then one on one equals Bigfoot. (laughs) I guess. I don't know. All right. What equipment do you think would be better used in the research of Bigfoot? Like, should there be more? Should there be equipment that is developed specifically for the the research of Bigfoot? And if so, Henry, what kind of equipment would you like to see developed? I would like to see uh, where they use, like I said, more forensics, more um, more scientific, um, more scientific. Um, methods and things like that you know it's, it's, you can use all the equipment you know the, the best equipment is, is only is, is only as good as the person is using it right um, what I want to see is absolute um, you know scientific objectivity applied to it you know in other words scientists shouldn't say oh that's Bigfoot automatically they should you know they should look at it with a more jaundiced objective eye and a more of a skeptical eye really they, they, they really shouldn't immediately say everything is Sasquatch related because mm-hmm. it's not um, and the thing is um, as, as I said you know, they use 
night vision equipment out in the field and things like that. They used uh, cameras and they put game cams on trees and all that, you know, and they then so far they've really caught nothing. I mean, some expeditions have, have caught uh, thermal images of what were supposedly bipedal animals, but uh, nobody's caught any any actual footage uh, with these thermal cameras. So all these people, and I understand there's more and more people who are taking up interest in in Bigfoot research, mm-hmm. and, and there's still no there's still no evidence of his actual existence. Well, that's true. You know, you're, you're right. I mean, right now, all we've got, basically, is that old 40-year-old piece of film, you know. <laughs> that's all we've got. You know, we don't have we don't have absolute DNA right now. We don't have absolute um, um, proof. We don't have a body. You know, there may be another, another gentleman uh, who I talked to on another radio show the other night said that um, it's possible that the Smithsonian might have Bigfoot bones buried somewhere in there. You know, somewhere among um, among all the uh, the boxes and all the artifacts that they have, they may have some bones or something. You know, it, it would just be a matter of going and looking for it. You know, if, if, the, if the curators at the uh, Smithsonian were so inclined to do so, of course. What do you think the chances are of Bigfoot having been uh, discovered, and then the evidence suppressed. It sounds like the exact same thing the people in ufology are claiming that the government has proof of the existence of UFOs. Is it possible that the same type of conspiracy theory exists within the Bigfoot community? Uh, well, that, that's a bit of an iffy question. It's possible. Anything is possible, Rob. You know, um, in, any, anything basically is possible where that's concerned, where, where, where anything is concerned. You know, does the government have proof of Bigfoot? Do they have Bigfoot bodies hidden away somewhere? Mm-hmm. Possibly. Do they have UFOs? You know, crashed UFOs hidden away somewhere? Possibly. But what, but what use or what reason would the government have or anyone have on suppressing the existence of Bigfoot? You know, Rob, that's a that's a, that's a question for better people than. Than I could to ever answer because uh, <laughs> I don't know why you know they would do that you know but of course it's rumored that they have UFOs you know crashed UFOs mm-hmm. and UFO you know alien bodies and things like that so <laughs> who knows why the government does what it does yeah I uh, I think you're right uh, Tom from Virginia welcome to the Exxon yeah hello hey how are you Good, good. I, I was listening to, to part of the show in the beginning there. and Hello, Henry. Hello, Tom. How are you? Good, good, good. good. Um, you know, I, I think part of the problem, as I was hearing some of the the, the conversation there, part of the problem is, is just the funding. I mean, it, we're just starting to see various parties get funding, funding that, uh, you know, other scientific fields get plenty of. Mm-hmm. This 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 field doesn't get the funding. It's all privately. Uh, you know, you get uh, venture uh, in, in people that are investing privately. There's not too many investors out there, but th- those that do do invest in this, there there are a few groups that are receiving funding, and those groups then are you know uh, investing in technologies that are available out there that have been used in the past. Um, 
what's really going to make the difference is if this funding is turned uh, is used with good scientific uh, folks out there, people that are trained in, in various fields of science and using applications of science with the latest technologies, not just the latest technologies. Um, and I think as time goes on and further exposure to um, you know things like the Pennsylvania photos, like the uh, uh, as we get more and more video like um, like like the 1967 film. Um, as we get more and more exposure of Bigfoot, there's going to be more and more funding, and hopefully that funding will attract some good scientific people with the latest technologies, and then then that will be that much closer to unlocking the. The mystery. Why don't you think? Let, let's take a commercial break uh, with the news at the bottom of the hour. Ta- Tom, stand by. My yeah. guest this hour is Henry May with the American Bigfoot Society. www.americanbigfootsociety.com. And uh, we'll be back on the other side of this commercial break as the Exxon continues right here, live and around the world on the Talk Star Radio Network, Exxon TV, and on shortwave. Don't go away. Only time will tell Will the creature remain a mystery Something we'll never understand They would study that and find um, and, and put the pieces together Through these various scientific papers, mm-hmm. studies These scientific papers would lead to um, tactics with the high te- to be used with high technology uh, to go ahead and either to see and document, basically, or in some cases, people are actually trying to capture. You know, I, 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 think, I, I think without the funding, the science will not be developed. Uh, all right, so, so uh, you see, this is, seems to be a catch-22 situation because you're saying the science needs the funding, but the science won't be developed without the funding. You know, yeah, so it sounds, and, uh, sounds but like. Yet there are folks out there that are putting together panels of six PhDs to go ahead and have a separate publication for Bigfoot articles. Okay. That are scientific, and that that that's at least a start. But still, to, in order to drive that whole train, you need funding. Okay. For, question. For, question for both of you here. Yeah. It was forty years ago when the. Patterson film was taken. How come within the past 40 years with more cameras available, more people out there looking for Bigfoot, that there hasn't been another film like that taken? Well, actually there have been films, they're just not uh, they weren't as fortunate as the fellow that got the Patterson, you know, Mr. Patterson, his film he was very fortunate. Uh there are films out there that uh, aren't as good and have been critiqued on some of the forums out there, Bigfoot forums. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> you know, they still seem to be coming in, the, these various uh, uh, photographs and films. And in fact, uh, there was one recently down in uh, Paris, Texas. Uh, but, yeah, it, you know, that's 
sort of a lucky thing. Um, I'm talking about taking the luck out of it and, and developing the science so that... Okay, so, so what, did, what did Roger Patterson and Bob Gimlin do that was so different that he just happened to be there with a, with a camera, the camera was rolling, and he just happened to be in the right place at the right time? Well, I, I suppose that's, that says it all right there. Right place at the right time. Uh, why? What's the probability of it happening, happening again? I would think it would be pretty high, but mm-hmm. it just hasn't happened again. It, I mean, we, that, that kind of footage, the quality of footage that, that occurred uh, with Patterson and Gimlin, we haven't seen that quality again. But doesn't anybody... And, and why is that? Uh, you could speculate. You know, there's a lot of speculation. Sure there is. And, and rightfully so, because, yeah. you know, here we are, like I was saying, there's more cameras, there's more, uh, there's more technology... There are more people looking for Sasquatch. Yeah. And, and yet it was Roger Patterson, going back 40 years ago, who just happened to be at the right place, just happened to have a color, what was it, 16-millimeter camera, mm-hmm. rolling at that lucky time. And right. this is... this is it's not, it's not to say that other people haven't doc- documented it with film mm-hmm. and photos, because there, there have been hundreds if not thousands of photos since that time of, you know, some of them are, are most of them are questionable. How, how about the lob, photos? Lob squatch. How about but, the, how about the photos before that? Before the Patterson-Gimlin film? The photos before it? Mm-hmm. Henry, you want to chime in on that? Well, yes, there is a, there was one photo which uh, came from an old uh, grizzled, uh, Outdoorsman named Zach Hamilton of something running away from the camera. It appeared to be some kind of a blob. It was far away from the camera, some kind of a blob with what appeared to be arms and legs. Mm-hmm. Uh, set of photos was left at a uh, photo development place, and uh, the fellow never went back for the photos. So that one photo, that's the one photo before 1960. We all have that friend who wakes up early to go get everyone McDonald's breakfast, but the rest of us sleep in. This is your sign to thank them. And if you're that friend, this is us saying thank you. Now get a sausage McMuffin, sausage biscuit, sausage burrito, or hash browns. Choose two for $2.50. Enjoy a large iced coffee for just $2. Price of participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price. Could family genetics be a reason that no matter what we try, we still can't lose the fat and inches from our problem areas? To learn more, we spoke to Dr. Brian Strand from Sonobello. While some people can eat everything and stay thin, others diet and exercise daily and still pack on fat and inches to their problem areas. It's not your fault. It can be genetics. If you struggle to lose the fat from your tummy, love handles, thighs, and back, you're likely battling your family genetics. The good news is we have an answer. Sonobello uses a remarkable technique called microlaser fat removal. In one comfortable visit, the fat in your hardest places to lose is gone permanently. Stop wrestling with your family genes and lose the fat permanently. And right now, you can save $250. The results are life-changing. Do this for you. Don't wait. Visit sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. That has been published, and that was 1965. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, um, as far as other documentation before that, I know of a few. I haven't spent a lot of time looking at stuff before 67. Other than the, the actual documentation of our Native Americans and, our, and the Aborigines down in um, Australia, as well as some of the documentation over in uh, Asia, mm-hmm. you know, of the Yeti, the Aborigines a thousand years ago have documentation of, of a, you know, what they called the Yowie, which is their Bigfoot down there, um, or a creature very similar, bipedal, very tall, big feet, um, and the uh, Native Americans, they, you know, there's a lot, uh, a lot there as far as, as far as that goes. Uh, way back when, the Native Americans were in the forest, and uh, <clears throat> you know, being out there, they have various stories about Bigfoot. All right, uh, Tom. Thanks very much for joining us tonight. Yeah. Uh, you take care of yourself and yeah. uh, have a super day now. Or so brief. All bye right. Bye bye. Let's go to Billy now. Hi, Billy. Hey, Rob. How you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for joining us tonight. Oh, it's great. I hadn't talked to you in a while, and I felt like calling in because I heard the interesting subject come up. Oh, great. What's you? What's your take on on Bigfoot? Well, I know me and you've had this discussion once before on another show, and I and I have to reiterate it. And I know it's going to sound like a broken record, but if we could get all of the people that are in this research to work together. Hallelujah. Work together. Yep. There is too many Amen, egos. Billy. Too many egos in this in this field. And I know for a fact that there's several independent researchers that, you know, have their own uh, evidence, so to speak, things that they've collected. If everyone could just group together and work together without having a backstabbing fight <laughs> I think we could get a lot further in the field than what we are. I agree with you 100%. Do you think that'll happen? It, it, you know, like, what will it take to, to unite all this research? Well, you know what? You know what I've started in the East Coast? I've, I've tried to attempt to do that on the East Coast, and I feel like we're doing a pretty good job. Excellent. Tell us about uh, it. We've got several groups that, that seem to be very, uh, very helpful and very cooperative. And uh, it, it's slow. Mm-hmm. It's slow. But it's starting to happen, and I think that that simply needs to happen. Period. I mean, we need to we need to cooperate with each other. I mean, there may be a group that has some uh, standards that seem to work better than than others, and I think by everybody getting together, learning from one one another, I think that's going to make the biggest difference in the world. Sounds like one heck of an idea, and I'm so happy to hear that you're finally doing it. Yeah, we we're working on it. It's, it's, Again, it's a it's a job in progress, but it seems to be going in that direction. What's your biggest uh, hurdle so far, Billy? Uh, the biggest hurdle are, you know, there's just certain individuals that just simply don't want to cooperate, and I think there's there you know there's so many negative stories. You know, you have one researcher bad mouthing another researcher, and once once that rumor gets started on a particular researcher, then you can't. You just can't see. No one can overcome that. And I, and I really think that everybody just needs to be <laughs> friendly with one another yeah. and just be able to work through the stuff. And uh, it's got to make things smoother, Rob. It has to. 
tell me, Billy, uh, in, in your opinion, why don't you think, after all these years, that undeniable piece of evidence proving the existence of Bigfoot has not been found? In my opinion, yeah, uh, that is a good question, Rob. It really is. And I can't tell you that I have a direct answer that would be accurate. I appreciate that. Uh, you know, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I have the answer because I don't. Um, truly, I think that uh, just as Thomas said earlier uh, with the uh, PG film, those fellows happen to be at the right place at the right time. Um, you know, none of us have apparently gotten that lucky. <laughs> and, uh, I, you know, simply put, um, I think that if you find the areas where these things seem to be populating, areas where you're having high sighting reports, and people concentrate into those areas, see that that's another thing. When you get a report, a lot what what really happens in a lot of this research is you'll get a report over here, so you move from this area to this area, mm -hmm. and you move from that area to that area. So you're not really concentrating in one area of research; you're jumping around. I think a lot of this needs to be stationary research in areas where you know you have hot spots. And eventually you're going to come up with some type of evidence. So a methodical investigation is, is basically what is needed in the sharing of the information. Yeah, that's correct. Very correct. Now, Henry, uh, did, did... One other thing I want to add, yeah, sure. uh, while, while Billy's on the line, um, I'd, like to more, I'd like to know... Since when did the hunt for a, a large, hairy, man-like creature become um, research into personality? <laughs> I, I I agree. I'm sure I'm sure Rob uh, is probably chuckling a little bit on that too. Uh, oh, I am. Uh, Rob, you've seen a lot of that over the years. Uh huh. Uh, and and he's he's 100% correct. A lot of Bigfoot research seems to not be research on the creature research into other people's personalities. <laughs> yeah, that is so true. That that is so true. Yes, but but you got to get past that. In order yes, to, in order to in order to bring this this research to a successful collusion, uh, conclusion one way or another, you have to get past that. That's right. You know, it's it's really funny. We were talking to a uh, a a, uh, a paranormal researcher the other day, a ghost investigator. Mm -hmm. And they told us they said, "You know, we, we've noticed that in the Bigfoot field, there's a lot of high egos and backstabbers. They said, you know, we, we, we've never noticed that in our industry. <laughs> Which industry was that? That's in the paranormal, ghost investment. Oh, I will tell you. He is wrong. Oh, really? <laughs> he is so wrong. <laughs> Doing this show for 15 years, don't uh, try and tell me that. <laughs> don't you dare. As as my wife says to me, she's five foot two and I'm six foot five, and she puts her little finger up in the air and she says, "Don't you dare!" And I'll tell you when she does that, I say, "Yes, dear, okay." That's right. Yes, ma'am. Yeah, you got it. But you know, no matter what it is, no matter what industry, what profession, what job, you will always have this type of ego. And the successful companies are the companies that are able to get their staff to surpass that. You know, it's the same thing in ufology. My God, talk about talk about egos and not wanting to share information. The UFO field is, is, is no different. Wow. Crop circle researchers, cattle mutilation, alien abduction. The list goes on and on and on. 
But I must take my hat off to Jeff Blander, who was uh, trying his best to, to, to bring all the information, like you are, Billy, to a central point to share, to share the, invest, uh, the information that has been acquired on investigations when it comes to ghosts, just like you're doing the same thing with, with Bigfoot. And that's commendable. That's getting people to work as a team. Well, thank you, Rob. I really do appreciate it, and I, I just, I just wanted to get that out there. I want to make sure people are listening and hear this. But that's that's what's needed. It really is. All right, give your website. Uh, that'll be www.sasquatchwatch.net. Billy, thanks, Mo, for joining us tonight. Thanks a lot. Take care, Henry. It, it seems that people that you and I have talked to over the past couple of months really want to work together. So how can how can we make it work? It's just it's just going to take uh, bringing all the groups together, bringing all the people together. Um, but there is just so much ego, so much competition in this field. It's unbelievable, you know. And, and we need to to work to get past that. You know, we need to to band together and realize that we all have a common goal. We may have disagreements with each other every mm-hmm. once in a while, but um, you know, we need to get past that. I mean, this you know, it seems like there's just so much crap yeah. that, 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 that goes on between groups, between individuals. You know, oh, so-and-so did this, so-and-so said this, so-and-so did that, so-and-so said that. You know, well, we've got to just drop all that. Henry, stand by. You and I have to take a commercial break. Henry May is our special guest. We're talking about Bigfoot. Lines are open at one 528 8255. Coming up in the next hour, we have Brad Olson. And then our final guest for tonight is going to be Linda Zimmerman. By the way, she's going to be talking about ghosts. one 877 toll free. My email address is xzone at talkstarradio.com. On MSN Messenger, talkstarradio at hotmail.com. And our two websites, www.xzoneradio.com and www.xzonetv.com. Henry May is with the American Bigfoot Society, www.americanbigfootsociety.com. We'll be back after this commercial set right here on the Talkstar Radio Network. IRS $10,000 or more. Get ready for a toll-free number to Associated Tax Relief has helped others settle their tax debt with the IRS for mere pennies on the dollar. Associated Tax Relief's accountants, attorneys, and tax preparers are experts at negotiating with the IRS to settle your debt and put an end to the letters, wage garnishment, and hassles. In fact, the IRS is offering you a one-time opportunity to pay your tax debt for less than what you owe. You owe it to yourself to find out how you could save little thousands of dollars on your tax debt by calling for a free consultation. There is absolutely no cost or obligation for this free tax consultation. Get the facts on how Associated Tax Relief can help you settle your debt with the IRS. Call now, 800-655-3298. Don't wait another minute. Call for your free consultation at 800-655-3298. That's 800-655-3298. 800-655-3298. Always wanted to play the guitar? With the Victor Lee Guitar Method, if you've got a song you can hum in the shower, in just one easy lesson, you can start actually to read sheet music and play the guitar. You'll be playing beautifully in no time, and the tunes you write can actually be played on other instruments using the government-endorsed Victor Lee Guitar Translator. Victor Lee's amazing offer is online at www.victorleeguitarmethod.com. Learn how to play 
play beautifully the guitar and read music and translate the music you write to be played on other instruments. Music is the international language, and the copyrighted Victor Lee Guitar Translator instructions are available in most languages spoken around the world. Go now to www.victorleeguitarmethod.com. Open yourself to a wonderful world of music, www.victorleeguitarmethod.com. Yeah, there's um, there's a few groups that uh, get out there during the winter. Um, they, they figure it's easier to track the yeah. features, um, you know, because of the snow. Of course, in areas where there's not a whole lot of snow, like down here in Mississippi, it's a little, diff- a little more difficult. But um, there are groups that get out there, you know, pretty much year-round uh, and, and do their investigations and research. Henry, um, what are the three things someone should do if they're seriously considering becoming a, a Bigfoot researcher? Hmm, three things. Yeah. Well, number one, I would find a reputable organization to uh, to, uh, to 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 kind of hook up with and to, and to get interested in. You know, that's what I would do. Number one. Number two, I would do my research. I, I would definitely, as far as book reading and uh, internet reading and things like that, you know, I, I would definitely do that, so that's number two. Number three, I would uh, have a partner. I wouldn't go out alone, because that can be dangerous, you know, because you might fall down a cliff or something like that, you might, <laughs> you might, um, <clears throat> you might uh, get snake bitten or something like that, if you're out there alone, forget it, <laughs> especially if you're way out in, in the remote wilderness, you know, nobody would be able to find you. Henry, I'd like to thank you once again, and uh, give your website out for our listeners, would you? It's uh, www.americanbigfootsociety.com. Henry, take care of yourself. Regards to all the good people at the American Bigfoot Society. Sure thing, Rob. Thank you. Take care, buddy. You too. One eight seven seven five two eight eight two five five is toll free. My name is Rob McConnell, and uh, Henry May was our last guest. And uh, as he said, his website is www.americanbigfootsociety.com. My next guest is Brad Olson, and we're going to be talking about sacred places. That's a very interesting topic. And Brad and I will be back on the other side of this commercial break as the Exxon continues on the Talkstar Radio Network. Also tonight, we're going to be speaking with Linda Zimmerman about ghosts. Hmm. I wonder if ghost sightings go up in the winter, or if they decrease. And I wonder if the humidity or the increased uh, lack of humidity in homes due to electric heating or uh, even forced air heating causes a decrease in ghosts. Now, we know for a fact that there are ghost sightings increase apparently when the there's more humidity in the air during lightning storms and rainstorms. So uh, that'll be an interesting question for Linda to answer. I have to take a commercial break, and I'll be back at six and a half minutes past the top of the hour as the Exxon continues live and around the world right here in our studios as you listen to us live on Talkstar. Snow! Hold it. You're not going outside without a jacket. The odds of a child getting hypothermia, one in 66,000. The odds of a child being diagnosed with autism, one in 150. Here are some of the signs. No big smiles or other joyful expressions by six months. No back and forth sharing of sounds or facial expressions by nine months. And no babbling by 12 months. To learn more of the signs, visit AutismSpeaks.org. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. Concentrate, Ben. 
Yes, that's good. <laughs> the odds of a child becoming a professional golfer, one in 140,000. The odds of a child being diagnosed with autism, one in 150. Here are some of the signs. No big smiles or other joyful expressions by six months. No back and forth sharing of sounds or facial expressions by nine months. And no babbling by 12 months. To learn more of the signs, visit AutismSpeaks.org. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. USA Radio Network News, Jason Walker reporting. A crucial battle is shaping up in Washington. The House approving another $50 billion for operations in Iraq and Afghanistan. But that measure is linked to an exit strategy, and President Bush is promising a veto. That if the Senate eventually passes the bill. Delta reportedly considering a possible merger with United Airlines. Bloomberg News is reporting that Delta has appointed a board committee to study its options. In the words of Delta CEO Richard Anderson, Delta believes that the right consolidation transaction could generate significant value for shareholders and employees and that strategic options should be evaluated. 